Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia. anyone in days. It's been days in my mind. My mind is on fire. My mind. Over here, over there. I talk to myself. I diddle myself. I I sit. I sleep. I I cry. I cry so hard and so deep. Oh, oh, the pleasure of company and of souls and of spirits. I talk to you ghosts, but you don't talk back. You don't talk back to me. You don't talk back to me. I inside being alone. Yay. Yes, it's Amber's uh, solitude. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's good that the ghosts don't talk back. Oh, Personally, I think that that will help your life immensely. But you can have a good time. I was staying alone in New Orleans once, and I was in an attic where a woman was murdered. And I was like packing up my purse for the day, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot a woman was murdered in here. And the door slammed closed. It'd been open all day, no drafts in the building. That'll happen. When I thought about it. And you know what? I'm glad I had that little bit of a connection because I was like, I'm never going to forget you, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Hooper is here with us today. How you doing? Oh, I'm lovely. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming, buddy. Of course. We uh, this is obviously this is the brighter side of cynics looking at optimism and you're one of the most positive people I know, Alex. I, I gotta say, I try to be. I wasn't always that way. I used to be a full on everything is bullshit, nothing matters, fuck it all kind of guy. Ooh, and that's a hard cycle to break. It is. It's really hard because honestly, like when you're going, when you're watching the world burn in so many different ways, literally, just, literally right now, yeah, you're like, what? is the point to all of this and then eventually i just trained myself to just be like okay maybe there is no point but that doesn't mean i shouldn't enjoy my time here mm-hmm. yeah. so what else, what can i do other than start smiling and finding things that make me happy that's it i have a theory that heaven is what you make of it and if you are a negative nancy in <sighs> the earth and your brain you die and your brain lives on then you're just going to be a negative nancy and sort of live in your own personal hell forever yeah, and for usually, sure. yeah, people that are the most scared of hell are usually living in their own hell. And, you know, if you don't stay happy, if you don't like condition yourself to let things roll off you, you're gonna be a fucker. You're just gonna be a worse person to be around. Yeah, oh, there's, it's no, awful. there's no question about it. Like you just immediately start losing friends. Yeah, and you start blaming everyone else, like like they're the animals. You know, and it's like it's, it's no way to live your life. Being, like, being a misanthrope can be like kind of fun to be around for a little while. It's like, oh, this guy, I kind of like this energy. He doesn't give a shit. But then eventually, it's like now I just feel shitty about yeah. when the longer you're around that curmudgeon-y kind of you know person, it just starts to seep into you, and it's not fun. You definitely get laid more. Yeah, being a so? piece of being like so. being a piece of shit. You because obviously because you got no scruples. That's you know, true, you, got no, yeah. you got no scruples. You, you know, it's like all you want. Yeah, <laughs> like me, like when I was sober, you know, you having a nice time with a lady. It's like, oh fuck, she got too drunk. Now I gotta go home. Yeah. It's like aggravating. Mm. You know, a piece of shit would fuck her. 
That's true. You know, so yeah, but you also got to think of the quality of the people that you're sleeping with. I mean, but also if you're a piece of shit, you don't care. Oh, yeah. do, you, do you go for quality when you're sleeping with people? <laughs> I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> I was just like, what is that, a garbage sack with a hole in it? Well, well, well. What's your name? Berta. Yeah. I'll do it. Howdy do. Let me clean you off a little bit. Which am I? I had a friend who, uh, <laughs> after one of our shows, he... He uh, ended up hooking up with this. Uh, I think she was homeless. Mm. If she wasn't homeless, she was very close to it. And uh, there, she was part of this group of people that kind of invaded our party. We were having this like karaoke party right on Santa Monica Boulevard, and uh, we left the door open. And then all of a sudden, these like group of crazy S and M fuckers come in and just like straight up like leather but dirty, like fill. They were like literally covered in dirt, oh. and it just like it's like like. Your nipples are out, and they're fucking, you know, they got like weird, like cock pieces and shit. They're like coming in to like freak out the squares, you know? And then we were just so wonderful and inviting that like they didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> Hi, is anyone saying man eater yet? I'd love to get up there. <laughs> no, he definitely he sang Bowie. We all sang along with him. Oh, he, had a, yeah. he had a beautiful voice. Yeah. And it was just like, you could just see him, like, when are these people going to kill me? You know, it was just like, so you can really throw people through a loop sometimes with a little extra positivity yeah. but then you can go a little too positive one of my friends took one of them home and uh, she had to clean her feet in his sink and destroyed his house oh. yeah it was uh, yeah. dirty dirty he should uh, be more careful with uh, his choices no way if you're into S&M <laughs> Be very careful. If you're into SM, SM, you got to be clean. Oh, I mean, yeah. Being that's all, like number one rule. Yeah, tied down. You get dirt in there. That's mm-hmm. how UTIs start. Yeah. But I love doing that to people. People who are so negative and you just throw them like the nicest thing you can do. Like, all right. So I had this like, we um, we did historical roast recently and we, uh, I can't say exactly who we roast, but it was like a prominent uh, civil rights leader. And so we made up pins for the audience and gave them out like we shall overcome and you know stuff like that like a white hand shaking a black hand and said we shall overcome and you know just voter rights and you know nice stuff peace signs and so i took a bunch extra home with me because i think you know it's nice it's a good thing to have and then you met me amber and we went to a bar together and the bouncer outside the bar he was kind of gruff and rude and then he saw my we shall overcome pin he's like what's that mean and I was like, here you go, man. I reached in my pocket because I had a pocket full of pins. And I just pulled out uh, the one with the white hand and the black hand shaking each other's hands. I was like, here you go, man. You take this. And then he looked like he was going to cry. Like he was Aww. just like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, this man with a pocket full of pins is breaking my heart. <laughs> so nice. That guy. So this is like a punk rock bar with like crazy music blasting. And yeah. what he does. The Burgundy Room. Very cool. Go very check cool. it out if you're in Hollywood. But he will go and like sit in the corner and put on these like intense headphones. And he's like, I got to listen to my gospel. And he'll just be real quiet for like 10 minutes all alone, just taking his me time break. And then he'll just get up and go sit back into bouncing. Does he? <laughs> That's so funny. Oh, he's the bouncer. Okay. He's the bouncer, yeah. Gotcha. Because I was like, why is this man choosing to go to a bar that he hates? Yeah. No, gotcha. <laughs> he's the bouncer. The bouncer on break. That's when you get in the bar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When they're taking their 10 minutes. Imagine he's, it's right on Cohango, right next to Hollywood. Imagine how hard that dude's job is. Ooh. Oh, man. Being a bouncer is the most thankless job on earth earth man i i ran the bar of village poorhouse listeners know all about it forever uh in in the east village in new york city and occasionally a bouncer wouldn't show up or you know someone gets sick or someone get fired because he beat up a customer or something and i'd you know i'd have to like sit in and like become the bouncer for the day and that is those people cannot get paid enough the shit that they go through everyone is so awful yeah and it's like everyone they meet is either hammered beyond their dreams and wants to be their best friend for no fucking reason and decides that they're going to talk to the bouncer all night you ever see those guys at the bar i did that once so fucking yeah yeah yeah. it's it's just like nothing's more annoying and then uh no offense oh yeah and then (laughs) you can't walk away from me And then everyone else you meet is like in their worst situation that they've ever been in. You know, they either got beat up or they're about to beat someone up. Ugh. And, uh, you know, so you, you just you only see people at their worst and you physically have to manhandle people like on a regular on a weekly basis, Ugh. if not more. I hate the people that are like, I have to show my ID. And I'm like, yeah, it's this. That, that's the rule. 
yeah, I don't care how old you are. I'd like show your ID to get in. You know, is it that much of an issue that you got to reach in your pocket and show me your ID? It's just like so. I, I get no problem with it. You know, check everyone's ID. I don't want young people. I hate seventeen-year-olds. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want them in my bar. Nope. You know? <laughs> it's nope. like if people who like get mad at the airport at TSA. Oh it's my just gosh! Like, just, just get checked. Go through it. They need to check everybody. You remember what happened? Do you do you remember the big thing that killed three thousand people? Let them check you. It's fine. Do you, are you hiding something? Like, yeah, just, really. I never. I always. I always go through with a wink and a smile. You know, it's you never. And also, never too much jokes with those people. No, no gosh, my girlfriend gets it. Every time we go through customs, she's like, "No jokes, Alex." I'm like, "Can I just make like a little one? Maybe nobody else makes jokes. Maybe this guy wants to hear jokes." She's like, "No <laughs> jokes." <laughs> Because everything always goes straight to like a bomb or something. Right. You know, like it's just like, oh, you know, my feet are bombs, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, go, going through Thailand, I was like, but what if I say I'm not a mule, but she says I'm an ass? Is that okay? Am I allowed to say? And she's like, you cannot do these things. <laughs> That's when you give a wink and a smile when they check your butthole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. You hear that snap of the glove. You're like, oops. I got, I mean, too much information, but the listeners know this much you know amber i have huge testicles and uh if i'm wearing like these kind of pants like adidas track pants they're gonna have to grab them every single time it is just it it is just what part of my existence they just go down there just eh, you got something something's going on (laughs) something's reading on the machine i can just see it just like it's just your outline with these two giant basketballs between your legs (laughs) what are you hiding down there sir do any of the male tsa guys ever like hey good job (laughs) no 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 no. i'm always just like it's my nuts go ahead you know So can I just tell you that is one man sack you got there. <laughs> Santa would be crou- proud to carry that on Christmas. What if you put a bomb on your nuts and it only partially went off? That's what happened to Hitler. Mm. One nut. <laughs> this is a story I haven't heard. No, no, he just had one nut. I think the other one was still stuck inside him and never dropped. I think that's what happened to him. Yeah, I heard that or like some kind of STD. STD? You yeah. know what? Let's go to the internet. why was hitler such a rude guy (laughs) well he had his wife but he wouldn't come out saying he had a wife because he wanted the attention from young women and that's like a big part of the hitler they didn't get married till right before they committed suicide yeah ava braun ava braun yeah Yeah. right before hitler got married and then i think like a couple hours later ava braun killed herself and then he moved to brazil yeah, he's still yeah. down there in Argentina. He's like 130. <laughs> he's killing it. Oh, yeah. Evil people always live forever. Just yeah. angry ass people. Well, have they always been angry or did they get angry the older they get? I think that rage just kills any disease that could be inside you. <laughs> I think that's what it's doing. It acts as like white blood cells. Yeah. Happy people always die at like 27. Yeah. All right. The possibility of Adolf Hitler. This is um, Wikipedia. The possible uh, mono. Chism of uh, Adolf Hitler. I guess uh, monarchism is a way to say testicle politely. Uh, the the possibility that Adolf Hitler had only one testicle has been a fringe subject among historians and academics researching the German leader. The rumor may be an urban myth, possibly originating from the contemporary British military song "Hitler only <laughs> only got one ball." <laughs> I did not know about that. It's very funny. (laughs) Contrary to popular opinion, Yankee Doodle did not stick a feather in his cap, uh, much like the song says. Nevertheless, research, eyewitness testimony, and historical study have not been able to prove or disprove the suggestion. So, still a mystery, just like many of his other fucking shortcomings. But we got to find that song, though. And if we find it, that'll be our closer. If you only have one ball, you're definitely going to have shortcomings, right? Isn't that how it goes? (laughs) Speaking of that, he must have been alone in that bunker. He must have been all solitude, especially if she killed herself. He had all kinds of people with him. You know, they were were protecting him, making sure nothing, no one got even close to the bunker. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Man, there was a a Madame Tussauds type place in Berlin, a... uh, and there was a Hitler exhibit that they just opened, oh. and because they wanted, to, they've been a wax figure of Hitler in the bunker at a table with like a bunch of maps around him, 
and it lasted four hours before some German Jew jumped over the fucking railing and ripped Hitler's head off and, <laughs> and fucking threw it across. It lasted hours. Like, just like, it's like just jumped in. It's just like, he's right. Good for him. You know, he's right, though. For it's sure. Because like, to me, Madame Tussauds is like an honor. You know, you don't. You know, you don't make wax figures of fucking golems like just Hitler. Imagine that artist, though, just like, everything has to be perfect. Gets every wrinkle in the face. Yes. We must pay homage to our Mjorn Fjord. So we are 15 minutes into this episode, roughly. And uh, it's supposed to be about solitude. We have not touched on it at all. Mm. Um, so I, we will, you know, Amber. This is this was uh, this was your little puppy. This Aww. is your little baby. You know, because you've been uh, hitting the streets hard by yourself lately. Sorry, we haven't been able to spend much time together. That's okay. You've been, been working. I've you've been, been working. Busy. I've been busy. Job's over though. Yeah. You know, so we'll get some more episodes out to you guys as soon as possible. But um, how yeah. have you been? What have you been doing? I, you know, I got out of this long relationship and I've been like couch surfing for months. And uh, that's very lonely because you, I have to just keep working and put my head down. And I can't really talk to a lot of people about it. Now I have a place. Everything's wonderful. Um, and some of the places I was staying, I was just purely alone because they'd be like, hey, do you want to like live in my like studio apartment for the month? Just pay me like whatever amount of money you can have it. And then now like to go home and have this deafening silence. I hate it so much. Really? I hate it so much. I can't stand it. And like to wake up and it's deafening silence. And like, I want like birds and I want dogs and I want voices and doors slamming. Like, that's what I need. Well, LA is a place that can make you feel alone so often, even though you are surrounded by millions of people yeah, at any given moment. New York. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where I guess, I mean, maybe it's like that just like wherever you are, there's just moments when you're just going to feel like this, like, you're by yourself and there's no one else out there but especially like in LA like it's, there's so many things constantly happening that if suddenly you find yourself at home with nothing to do, you're like, oh, am I just a loser? Yeah. Like, does nobody like me? Am I not a good comic? No one booked me on anything tonight. There's a thousand shows. I'm not on any. And you just start to like go down this rabbit hole of just depressive thoughts. Yeah. Well, here's a trick I learned because I used to work in an office and I had uh, it was no windows in like a little room and like I would have the door shut all day and like a stack of paper I had. To go through and that gets um the the biggest uh, enemy you have is your own brain so what i would always do is when i had those moments of negativity and like i'm the worst why am i here or like something really horrible running through my brain i would say to myself okay amber it is totally natural to feel this way feel it embrace the moment and now let's move on. Because if you don't, then your brain is going to keep going and you're going to feel even worse and sorry for yourself. They're even thinking that. And then before you know it, you're just like crying in a, with a door closed and your boss is like, are you OK? You know, embrace the emotions that are given to you. Like it's embrace uh, it. I mean, I've said this before. If you don't it, go with the horrible. You won't be able to enjoy the good for yeah. sure. You know, like if you if you spend every single single one of your days doing everything you love, you'll start to hate those things. You know, I worked at Dairy Queen, and eventually I started to like not want to eat ice cream. Aww. You know, like that was sad. You said earlier you don't like ice cream. That kind of made me nuts. I yeah, don't like that ice cream. Hurt, that hurts me to my to my chocolatey core. <laughs> 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 Yeah, I don't really care for it. I don't care for cereal. I think it's milk because growing up in Saudi at the time, we just had powdered milk and like no ice cream. Mm-hmm. Um, sand. Sand. We just have sand. Just sand. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of sand. What about cheese? I like cheese and I also like yogurt. And I love my favorite breakfast is some Greek yogurt with some berries and a little honey drizzled on top. I love that. But like cereal, I just consider it like pure sugar, no nutrients. And ice cream is just like cold and thick and I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah, it's I'm not cold, into it's it. thick. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like I'm like, tell me more, baby. I'm like, yeah. I'm also I like salty things. So if you put like the best ice cream in front of me or like a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips, I'm going with the salt and vinegar potato oh, chips. Oh, I'm mixing them together. Yeah. <laughs> I have a I have an ice cream problem probably. Me it too. is just so good what, all the time. Really? I yeah. eat it almost every day. Oh my god. I eat ice cream almost every day. I can't remember the last time I had ice cream. I think that's one of me one of the biggest parts of me and Julie's relationship is ice cream. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Does oh, she yeah. like strawberry? Uh, I you know it changes. Chocolate's a big 
a big contender. Caramel, yeah. peanut butter. Throw some peanut butter in that fuck. You son of a bitch. What are you doing <laughs> in there, you bastard? <laughs> I remember when I was in high school, um, there was this thing called the Fair Queen Beauty Pageant, and it was the Washington Parish Fair and mm-hmm. the beauty, this beauty contest. And um, I didn't want to do it, but my mom was pushing me for it because a lot of women in our family had. And But I was like really gunning for the interviews portion of when like the... the the what have you called the heads of the pageant they would like talk to you so I like looked up Benjamin Netanyahu and all of our world politics at the time and like what's going on mm-hmm. and then I'm like talking to my aunts and everybody and they're just like my, I had this one drunk aunt and she was like Amber you forget about that wartime stuff what they gonna ask you is your favorite ice cream and why and you tell them butter pecan cause it's different and then I get in there and sure <laughs> enough <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's hilarious. So did you do it? Did you take her? I did. And how'd it go? I said butter pecan because it's different. And then what they say? And they said, okay. And that was it. That was. <laughs> well, you've won six year supply of butter pecan. No. And then the truck drives in. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> Eat it right now in your bathing suit. <laughs> hey guys, how you doing? Today's episode of The Brighter Side with Ed Larson and Amber Nelson is brought to you by Quip. When you get a group of dentists and designers together and ask them to make a better electric toothbrush, you get Quip. Quip is smartly designed to make sure you keep your teeth shiny and bright and your breath not smelling like a garbage dump. You know, Quip's a, it's like this, it's like a normal toothbrush, but it has all the features of an electric one. You know, but but no wires or chargers, you just put a battery in it and you're good to go. Did you know most of us don't brush your teeth for the full two minutes? I didn't know two minutes. I just been brushing till I felt like, you know, they don't have gunk on them anymore. You can stop humming happy birthday to yourself while you brush because Quip's got a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. Quip's perfect for your forgetful types using old worn-out bristles. Those things get gross, they get sticky, and they get stinky. But Quip automatically delivers you brush heads on the dentist-recommended schedule of every three months for just $5. That's amazing. $5, and you don't got to worry about when you got to get your new brush. They take care of it for you. Don't just take my word for it. The pros have made Quip one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the American Dental Association. And you know how strict dentists can be. Go ahead, check it out online. You don't believe me? You don't believe old Eddie? You think I'd lie to you? Go online. Quip has thousands of verified five-star reviews. You know why I like Quip? I like Quip for when I travel. Who would ever in a million years bring an electric toothbrush on the road? Quip gives you that option. It's got a battery inside, so you don't have to bring a charger along. You don't got to stick it in the wall wherever you go. It's perfect for on the go, and it comes with its own case. And you can stick it on the mirror if you want to keep it at home. If you're not someone who travels all the time, and if you're someone like me who's on the road all the time, working late nights, you just throw that quip brush in your bag. And they also give you a little travel toothpaste. It's very helpful, too. And you just throw it in there, and you're set. And that's why I love Quip. And they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash brighter side right now, you get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash brighter side. Quip, baby. Be good to yourself. So what are some good things to do alone since you've been hitting the street? I'm a loner by nature. It doesn't um, bother me, solitude. I mean, I love like choosing to be alone and like solitude. That's a good moment. But like in moments, I don't know, some moments I just need people around. I'm very social. But yeah. I would say a good thing to do when you're alone during the day is look at museums and go to like the 10th or the 12th museum down mm-hmm. because usually they're going to be, um, no one's there and it's going to be something to talk about. Like I went to the Witchcraft Museum and... Um, where was this? Some fucking place. And uh, 
So, listeners, if you Google some fucking place, witchcraft museum, you are sure to find it. I'll tell you what, if there is a witchcraft museum near you, you should just go anyway. That sounds like a great time. It was great. They had this box, and they are like, there's a demon in the box. And I was like, ooh. Can I see? Can I see it? (laughs) Open the box. And it's probably nothing in the box, but, you know, we all think there's a demon in the box. So now if we all put our minds together, maybe now there is a demon in the box. You create the demon. Yes. Another good one in L.A. is the Hare Krishna Museum, which I have a lot of pictures of on my phone. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying and wild. And there's a really good buffet what next makes door. It terrifying. <laughs> it should just be like peace and like. It should be. Namaste. What do they say? Well, ha- uh, Hare, oh, they say Hare Krishna. Yeah, it's Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you walk in, and then there's just some dude eating, and uh, he's like, you've come to the right place. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I brought you. enough for two. <laughs> Grab a fork. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then he leads me, like, into this room and closes the door, and it's pitch black, and then this light comes on, and then these animatronic, like, life-size diorama things start coming to life. Ooh. And then you just have to follow the light, and then there's all these, like, different, like, explaining to you the history of Hare Krishna and what the principles are, and they, they all just, like, come to life and move and talk to you, and they look like spirits of people that have, like, been trapped in that place, and you just keep walking through dark rooms and no one's in there. It's very wild. Nothing's cooler than an empty museum. It's so rare that you get to enjoy them, but I've had a couple experiences, and like it doesn't even matter what they have in there. Mm-hmm. It's just so much fun. I went to um, FDR's presidential library, and his home is right next to it. Yeah. And I went with Jackie. It was like a Tuesday in the middle of February. We just wanted to get out of town for the day. And it was just like snowing everywhere. It was cold as fuck. Ain't no one going to see FDR's house, you know? Yeah. We show up and they're like, you want a tour? We're like, yeah, let's do it. And the lady, she was kind of like our age. And she was so, we were her favorite people I think she's ever had on tour. Because you could ask more questions. You know, you could do like, they were just walking through FDR's house, which is badass. You got to go check it out if you're up at Poughkeepsie. If you Not ever, a lot of stairs, I've heard. Oh. No, but he is <laughs> strong as fuck. He had this like wooden elevator, like a giant wooden elevator, and he would wheel in there with his fucking giant wooden wheelchair, and he would pull the elevator up. It was like a pulley what? system. That's yeah, amazing. with his upper body, and he would just like pull it up. He was jacked up top, wow. you know, and like so he would just like pull. He would just pull it up. It was unbelievable. Who wants to, to talk about, about foreign it? diplomacy now, motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's back when our leaders would just like drink whiskey for breakfast and mm. fight each other for lunch. Yeah. You know. He's uh he's someone I learned a lot about recently. You uh, take some time and learn about FDR. Maybe our best president, at least really? top two. Hmm. He really saved our asses. He was before, right before, um, like TV and any sort of newsprint. So there was a theory going on that he wouldn't have been elected if it was even the next president later. Four Most years people later. didn't know that he couldn't walk. Yeah. For many years, because the press loved him, and so the press kind of helped kept the secret. And then whenever he was photographed, he'd be standing, but he'd like have a cane behind him when he's holding his back and he'd have a cane behind him and he'd just stand up like that. And it was good, though, not just for us, but for, like, foreign leaders and shit, you know, because they would, you know, they would think that, oh, they have a cripple as a president. We could take, we could, because that's, you know, just how backwards people's minds are. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole country's crippled then. <laughs> but, uh, no, he's badass. He was one of the first, pre- he was the first president to talk to us. Yeah. You know, and like really like uh, he used the radio. He would sit down there his fireside chats. He would, you know, but through the Great Depression and shit like that, he got us out of it with the New Deal. And he would kind of he would talk to everyone uh, once a week or something and just comfort America. Aww. And it's like, you know, kind of like be there and be like, it's going to be OK. We're going to get through this, you know, and it, his whole presidency was a fucking nightmare. You know, it was a whole night because it went from the Great Depression. He got us out of it. And then Pearl Harbor. And then he dies before World War Two is over. Four turps. The dude went through hell for fucking 15 years. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, he he saved our asses. Good he for really, him. He really did. You know, I will say, uh, not speak, getting off topic, but on topic of solitude. Mm-hmm. I was uh, I was hanging out with some friends and they all left me and I was downtown. And a thing I like to do is uh, have a little whiskey and just kind of wander. And I wouldn't recommend this for most people. Because Especially at night. Walking through downtown LA. Yeah. Uh, Definitely don't pull out your phone. Don't light a cigarette and just kind of walk with intention. Mm -hmm. And I found this 
place. It, it was like, um, uh, it was just some like weird theater, but nobody was in there. And it was this gay bar. And, um, or at least there was like gay flags everywhere. And then I got a whiskey and I was like, show, show. Cause it was like all Spanish and un poquito uh, hablo español. Espectacular aquí. And he's like, yes, yes, 30 minutes. So I was like, okay, fuck it. So I sat down and sure enough in 30 minutes, the whole place filled out and it was this drag show all in Spanish. I have it on my phone as well. Um, that was fantastic and something I probably wouldn't have seen if I had other people around because yeah. they would have been like we have to go <laughs> same almost the same thing happened to me and Julie my girlfriend in Cincinnati after uh, it was uh, not last summer but the summer before we went and saw Tom Petty God rest his soul I love you forever Tom thank you for everything you gave us mm-hmm. uh, we were walking around Cincinnati it was like midnight trying to find something to eat that fucking town shuts down early as shit and so we're trying to find anything. We found a place people stand outside. And I was like, I was like, I'm hungry. You guys got food? And it's like, oh, we got burgers. And so I go in. I immediately realize it's a it's a gay bar. The Julie's ecstatic. You know, they're about to do a show. And I'm like, all right, great. And then I was like, I was like, Azu, who do I order for, food from? And there's just like this salty. They point at this salty old gay dude at the end of the corner of the bar. And I was like, I heard you, you're making food. And he's like, cheeseburger, hot dog. And I was just like cheeseburger man and he's like it's gonna be the best cheeseburger you ever ate your whole life i was like all right <laughs> like, that's scary when you put it like that you know, like, it's a lot riding on that just, cheeseburger just give me a burger yeah. but it was delicious but you can tell he made it on like a few like went in the back and like made it on a foreman and like brought it back and it was delicious and then we had like our own uh private it was like there was because the bar was practically empty there was like four people in the audience and they did a full Hundred and ten percent drag show. Hell yeah, they do. And it was awesome. Like if you could tell, no one was there. They would have put on the same fucking show. I yep. got yeah. I got asked to host for a drag show in New York, and nobody showed up. But they gave a hundred and ten percent to nobody in the room. Like yeah. nobody was there. And you know because they have all these wigs and props and costumes, and if they you, came from if Ohio. If you're gonna get in in character, yeah, you better fucking bring it at that yeah. point. Like you're yeah. not just gonna you're not just gonna half-ass it. No, I mean we've all been in the situation where you're going to do a show and there's no one there and it's kind of defeating. But once everyone else who's on the show, if you're ever in that situation, and then everyone's like, fuck it, let's have some fun. Yeah. It's always the best time you ever had. Yeah. It's so much better than the show would have been if 10 people showed up. Yeah, you know, definitely. Because you can work on your material with people, and it's just like you can get dirtier because there's no consequences. Yeah. It's, just, it's so much more fun. We had that happen to us in New York. We They, they booked us on a show which was – we thought they, they thought we were going to promote it. And we thought they were going to promote it. So nobody showed up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and what it was, was it, they were doing, a, it was in a theater and they were doing uh, one floor over the cuckoo's nest. And so like, you just perform on the cuckoo's nest stage. So we wrote an hour of material just like involving the doctor sketches. So we wrote an hour of doctor sketches, like worked really hard on it and not and like, Two of our girlfriends came and like two other people came that we knew and we're like, fuck it. And we and we like 110% on the cuckoo's nest stage, like in a, like a full on doctor's like office pretty much. And it was just like one of the best shows, most memorable shows of my life. Aww. I love that. It was so much fun. It was like, it was like, you know, it didn't matter. And we used all those sketches for years yeah. after that. You know, every one of those that we wrote for that doctor show, we just kept doing randomly for, you know, like five, six years. It's amazing what happens when you stop giving a fuck uh, all of a sudden. Like, we tell ourselves all the time, like, like you know, just care enough to just, like, don't care, but obviously care about what you're doing. But if you can just forget it all and just have the best time. But it's so hard when there's just a bunch of people in front of you that are staring at you to just be like, who cares? I'm just going to be me up here. Yeah, because yeah, you got to make them laugh. There was one time in New York when uh, there was maybe one person in the audience and like a little table of two people. And I was like, I don't want to do this show. This is years ago. And I get up there and I kind of half-ass a thing. And then I get off stage and come to find out those two people were from the biggest agency in Los Angeles. Came to just scope out a show randomly in New York. And I kind of blew it. Ah, yeah. See, that's the thing. Yeah, I blew it. Did they walk up to you right after and be like, just so you know, we're (laughs) part of the big agency. (laughs) We were looking at you, Amber. Um, Well, actually, I ended up signing with them like a couple years later because I did Montreal, and then they still remembered that set. 
and they're oh, like, "Oh awesome. yeah, I still remember when you did that," and you like kind of didn't care. And I was like, "Whoops, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> you never forget." No, Hello. I care so much. I was just in character. <laughs> I've totally done the same shit. You yeah. know, even after having that great experience, because it's defeating. You know, because like, what am I really doing with my life? You know, yeah. sometimes because you know, you you hope that eventually you'll start making enough money to just live your life normally. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like at the same time, you know, it just depends on the day if they catch you. Depends. When I first moved to New York, um, there was I moved it with this. There was a couple of gay guys, and they uh, they went and saw the show in the Village. And this is years and years and years ago. And they came back that night, and they were like, "Man, there was nobody in the bar, but there was this performer that went on tonight, and she had this like long golden staff and like long blonde hair, and like gave." all of herself and it was amazing and we love her never heard of her before some kind of gaga lady <laughs> that was lady fucking gaga performing to nobody that. yeah i i saw i saw lin-manuel miranda in his like in his uh freestyle acapella group for like 30 people in a black box theater many years ago because a friend just took me she's like hey there's a friend of mine's in this thing uh her friend utkarsh is one of the guys and then years later i found out it was lin-man i was like wait a minute when we saw that show, would that? She's like, yeah, that was totally Lin Manuel, and I wow. was like, whoa! Everyone comes from somewhere, man. It, yeah, it, it you really, gotta, do, you gotta, you gotta start at the beginning. Honestly, it's like you go to a show by yourself, and it sucks. What did you really lose? An hour? You know, all the, like we were talking about, like you spend an hour on Instagram every goddamn day. Yeah, you know, like, you spend an hour on Facebook every day. Go watch some live shit. Yeah, and you never know what's gonna happen. You never know what you're gonna check. And go be a good audience member. And like something will, you know, you'll see something that pops. Maybe not like it might take like five times, but, <laughs> but you will, you will see something <laughs> that's really just someone going all at it. Man. I walked into this show alone and uh, there was a guy who was doing a ventriloquist act. And uh, you know how usually the puppet is the person that's bad and the, the person is actually like. I love this concept. Contradicting them. Yes. But he did it opposite. I love that. And <laughs> it did not work. And <laughs> he had a full on breakdown on stage and he was like, you guys, I'm just trying something and nobody, nobody believes in me and my mom called me today and told me that I should give everything up and he was just like crying with a puppet in his Whoa. hand yeah. and we're all like oh buddy this the is the puppet's just best. like maybe if you weren't so racist yeah <laughs> yeah cause he was the racist one and the puppet was like whoa cut it out you yeah. know <laughs> I mean that's a genius I love that concept it like somebody funny. somebody uh, pitched that to me years ago and I was like please do that yes <laughs> that's so good <laughs> But the crying with a pup in the hand was the best part. <laughs> you know where I get... I, I'm going to go back to the solitude thing for a second. Yeah. You know where I get most of my solitude time in L.A.? Is sitting in traffic. Where everybody complains about traffic in L.A., I'm like, look at that as just time by yourself. Sitting in your car. You can't control it. Like, if it takes me an hour to go four miles, so be it. And yeah. that's my time. Yeah. And that's time where I get to sit and think and relax and listen to whatever I want to listen to. And I don't complain about it. That's like, great. When people get frustrated by it, I'm just like, what are you going to use? Nothing you can do. Yeah. Honk, honk. Uh, come on. God. Like, what are you getting five extra feet out of this? And yeah. like so much anger. Yeah. I love doing shit by myself and I'm a big music head. You know, so music, you know, headphones are real big for me. I know Amber's against it, but I'm, I'm very you know, against it in what context? Like, she's scared she's going to get attacked. Well, well you, that's yeah. that's that's fair. Walking around. Yeah. Yeah. No headphones when you're walking down the streets, especially at night, because you need to know you like you need to get your surroundings. Yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. yeah. I'll just keep being big. The, uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People are like, should we? St nah, not Next. him. Next. Ooh, that, ooh, that girl's not wearing any headphones. <laughs> yeah. Well, all my friends I've spoken to that have gotten mugged, they were on headphones and also on their phone. And your phone is a big, not only is the flashlight saying, hey, I have something to steal and I'm lost and I'm not paying attention. Uh, yeah. So don't do that. But everyone's got a phone. Everybody's got a phone, but don't have it out. Yeah, that yeah. makes it way easier because then they're like, give me that phone. Yeah. Instead of like, instead of like, hey, do you have a phone on you? Let me go through your purse and find it. Yeah. I even write down my directions, like handwrite them down. So I like pull a piece of paper out of my back pocket. And also I look a little crazy doing that. No one's going to mess with like someone who's reading directions off a piece of paper. I've always wanted to think that if it came up and I was getting like mugged in some way that I could pull the crazy card. Like just because it. like, I, I don't. I feel like you could handle it. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, I 
feel like I'm someone that, and listeners, if you don't know what I look like, Google me real quick, and you'll be like, oh yeah, that guy could pull that off. But like, <laughs> you don't immediately know that I'm not fully crazy. Like if I, if somebody was like, give me all your money, I was like, what? I like just started going to a frenzy, pulling my own hair out and stuff. They'd be yeah. like, you know, maybe I'll go to the next guy. Yeah, that's an actually a lot of uh, self defense books for women. Yeah, uh, is it just, just go crazy? Just go crazy, like pick mm-hmm. up the dirt off the ground. There's stories of women that like got on the ground and picked up the dirt and was eating it, and just like I like the dirt. And the robbers are like, "Well, gotta go." Yo, <laughs> I took a <coughs> greyhound trip by myself for 30 hours once, mm. and it was over Christmas, and it was just like it was Baltimore to Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> there were 17 stops. I went from Tallahassee to Atlantic City, Ooh. and it was a good old long trip. And basically, it was such pandemonium because they just sold way more tickets than they had buses for. And so uh, it got to a point where I wasn't getting on the buses that I knew I bought tickets for. And so I just started getting on buses going north. And it was just, it it was like the craziest situation. If anybody was with me, I wouldn't have been able to do this. But because I was by myself, I was able to work my way onto any bus. Like, you can't, like, if two of us were traveling together, and I'd be yeah. like, let's just get on this bus that's going north. You'd be like, you're crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, or there wouldn't when be no enough seats. When no one's there to tell you you're crazy, Ed. <laughs> yeah. Or there wouldn't be enough seats, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was literally walking around, uh, another time walking around downtown, and uh, I was just kind of looking for something to do, and I heard this music, and I talked to this bouncer, and I was like, what's in there? And he was like, oh, yeah, it's live jazz with Jeff Goldblum. And I was like, he's like, you want to come see? At the see? Rockwell. Yeah. And I was like, how much are tickets? And he's like, it's just you? It's like, just me. And he like, he looked, he peeked over and he's like, come. He's like, come and sit. And there's just one seat in the corner. That's awesome. Yeah. If there's two people, there wouldn't have been two seats available. Yeah. 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 yeah no, if you're, that is another thing in LA, you got to buy movie tickets in advance. And obviously everywhere you go, you have to buy movie tickets in advance, but you pick your seat here and it's always, and it's a big deal. And so if you want to go see a movie the week it comes out. You normally can't get in, but if you're by yourself, there's always one. Yep. There's always one somewhere, and you can always just snag a spot and see whatever comes out. And I, that is a big part of my fucking life. I love that whole, like, just like, you know, when I'm on the road, I just walk around cities. Like, yeah. I'm just like, I'm yeah. just going to explore wherever I am, and I walk wherever I'm going. And I'm always glad when the club is, like, in a central area that has a ton of stuff, like, not out in the suburbs or something like that. Because that's just like, I look at that as, like, my time just to exist without any care in the world. If I wake up, if it's, if it's, yeah, if it's one o'clock in the afternoon, my show's not till eight, and I'm like, okay, cool, the show's five miles away. I'm just gonna take a walk and yeah. just see what I see along the way, and just like look at stuff and go walk into places if they interest me. And I feel like you just get so you learn so much that way about yourself. But it's also just it really is my time of like I'm just existing right now yeah i'm not like looking for anything i'm just i don't want to do i don't want to like i don't want to think about like oh what's my next move what should i be doing for my career what should i be you know i'm just i'm just there just wandering yeah very nice just let the universe guide you yeah it's a beautiful way of doing things and i meet a lot of really interesting people that way yeah because like i'll stop and i'll talk to a homeless person on the street for 10 minutes if like i'll I'll, you know i'm in the right headspace yeah i'm like are you batshit crazy and if they start talking to me they're like hey man like how's it going i'm just like it's great. What are you up to? You know what, what? What happened here? Like, well, I just came from Denver. I rode this bus. I was doing. I had this job over there, but then I ran out of money, so I figured I'll come over here. And I'm just, you know, you meet just like, you know, sometimes you talk to people and they're just like, whoops, this was a big mistake. Yeah. Uh, as soon as they start talking about alien conspiracies in the government, I'm like, well. Oh, that's when I go full in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now we're on board. There was a guy I was talking to on the bus, and he's like, we were just having normal talk, and they said, I should know these things. My spirit has been around for 4,000 years. And I was like, you know what? Maybe it has. Yeah. Right, who are we to do? That's who true. Yeah. yeah, we don't. We I really don't. don't. Here's a brighter side for you. Nowadays, you can get practically everything on demand, like the brighter side. You can listen to me and Ed talk about positivity through solitude at home, alone, by yourself, all with the walls closed in, wherever you want, when it's convenient for you. Did you know you can even get postage on demand? You can! All you need is stamps.com. With stamps.com, you can access all the services of the post office right from your computer. 
buy and print real U.S. postage for any letter or any package. All available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Just click, print, mail, and you're done. Stamps.com will even send you a digital scale so you can weigh your letters and packages and print the exact amount of postage each and every time right from your desk. We use Stamps.com here at the studio to ship out everything from merch to personal items to letters to birthday presents, pins, buttons, t-shirts, you name it. If you want to make shipping out packages and mailing out letters a breeze, I recommend Stamps.com. Right now, use Brighterside for this special offer. A four-week trial includes postage and a digital scale. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com before you do anything else. Click on the radio microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Brighterside. That's Stamps.com. Enter Brighterside. Spirits are the one fucking thing I really believe in. I mean... all, you're a piece of shit if you don't believe that aliens exist somewhere in the wor- in the universe. You know that we're the only piece of life in the, all of the universe. It's a crazy, crazy thing to you know think. It's a very selfish thing to think. But uh, you know, as far as like spirits go, I feel like it's the only thing that every culture, you know, God or you know Native American, everyone believes in spirits. Yeah. And yeah. So there's got to be something to that. You know, it's like I've had weird like ghost moments in my life i don't know if it was real or me just being scared because i was alone and dark and i just saw a scary movie or if i really saw something you know but you know the thing is everyone believes in this one crazy thing and so there has to be some kind of validity to it well your energy has to go somewhere yeah right like i mean if you spend 70 years in your body and you've been using all this energy to form whatever you have become as a person when you die that energy doesn't just dissipate because it can't be destroyed or created so therefore it goes into things whether i don't know how much of it like i don't know how well it's dispersed like i don't know if like oh all of it's going into this blade of grass or if it's like well we'll sprinkle a little here sprinkle a little there but either way i mean you know it's going somewhere mine's going in a frog's butthole oh that's nice just just, (laughs) so direct (laughs) going in like an enema all of a sudden a frog just goes <laughs> and like, oh, that was Amber going in there. <laughs> I always was alone my whole life. I was a only child growing up, and so like I spent a lot of time, you know, dealing with it and just like kind of, you know, just figuring out ways to play with myself. No pun intended. Uh, it was a little pun intended. A little pun. <laughs> Once I figured that out, I was really good at being alone. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it was just like my whole. I would I would you know I made friends and I think. A lot of only childs are kind of like pieces of shit. I've met some shitty ones. But for me, it was, I was always, I became really good at sharing, you know, and like all that stuff. Cause it's like, I never have to do, I never get to play with anybody. Yeah. You know, so you come over, it's like, I, I got toys, you know, I, I got, I got stuff for you. You know, let's, let's, let's see what you got. It's probably a huge reason why you're a great improviser and stuff like that too, is yeah. because you're just, your creative juices are flowing when you're by yourself all the time. You like make two dolls, talk to each other and stuff like that. You know, your toys, like, well, it's, just me and the Ninja Turtles, so they're gonna have a conversation. It's got to come all from me. Yeah. yeah. Well, I moved around a lot, and like I was not an only child, but my brothers are much, much older, mm-hmm. and uh, we were like visit these towns. This before the internet, so I didn't know what it was like. So I'd always ask my parents to drop me off at the local library because that's where I would learn about the town, and I would like, listen up, kids. This yeah. is a history lesson. Yeah. I'd, yeah. Do like deductive reasoning. Uh, like uh, I mean I didn't know what that was at the time but like if I didn't see any science books I knew that there was a lot of teenage pregnancies um, if I saw a lot of romance novels that's like a big older population in the town and if there was no history books there was like a lot of racist people around interesting wow yeah a library cluing you in go to the library yeah. I went in fact when I moved to Hollywood I went to the local library and there was an entire Russian section and I was like that's weird and then I since then I've worked for two Russian bosses and there's Russians everywhere. My, uh, I used to, I live in West Hollywood now, but I used to live in just Hollywood proper. And when you call the local like CVS or Rite Aid, it would go English, Spanish, and then Russian. Yeah. Just automatically. There's there a lot of Russians in Hollywood. So many. There's all those Russian <laughs> bookstores and like Russian caviar places and just so much rent. I've never, I've never, I've always threatened to take my girlfriend to a Russian restaurant. Ooh, I've never. They're she, good. She has no interest. What, 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 what are we missing here? Is she I've vegetarian? never been. No. 
No, they're great. It's, it's a good. lot of like soup. A lot of cabbage. Okay. You know, and then meat. Yeah. Just straight up meat, chicken, pork, veal. Yeah. I'm good with all this. Yeah, yeah you'll love it. You'll love it. It's good food. I'm Polish-Ukrainian. We eat good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Stuffed cabbage, pierogies, all that good oh, shit. I love and the, pierogies. Yeah, the vodka is just like pure, and they serve it a little chilled in like a shot, but you don't take it like a shot. You just sip on it because uh-huh. it cuts through all that heavy meat. But ah. don't get too deep. They will uh, cut your limbs off. Oh, I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Russians don't fuck around. Man, Coney Island. You ever been out there in New York? Yeah, like, well, like only really one time because I was doing shows in New York and it was one of those days where it's like, fuck it, I got the whole day. I'm going to take the train all the way out to Coney Island, go to the Freak Show and all that. Oh, yeah, man. It's very Russian out there. Yeah, I used to do a show at the Freak Show. Oh, did you really? Yeah. Like, oh God, it was, do you know the Patchwork Girl? The Patchwork Girl, no. Do you know who that is? I don't know who that is. Okay. I got to tell you this real quick. This is probably four, four or five years ago. I was doing Santa in New York, went to Coney Island, went to the freak show. And they were doing, and there was a girl who somehow her skin had been all grafted onto her face from other parts of her body. So mm. they called her the Whoa. patchwork girl because she had lost the skin on her face. They'd taken it from all over her body and it looked like basically like a patchwork quilt on her face. Mm-hmm. But all she did was go up there and do stand up. And nobody knew how to laugh at it because we're all like, I'm sorry. Um, we can't stop staring at your face. Yeah. Uh, I. You've made a couple jokes about it, but now you're just trying to do like political humor. <laughs> this isn't working for me. You gotta like, learn a trick. Yeah. Sorry, lady. This is no good. And she kept going, why aren't you guys laughing? Like, and, that, and, I, and I was the only one kind of just like, I appreciate the craftsmanship of a joke, so I will laugh it, but like, yeah. sorry, this is, I can't get past this. Was she funny? She had her moments. Yeah. She definitely like, but like, it's just one of those things where like, it doesn't matter how funny you are. If people are watching a freak show, their whole thing is just like, I can't, I just want to look at you and this weirdness that's on your face. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I was pretty much the only one laughing and a little bit of it was pity, but it was more so because I'm a stand up and I know how hard it is to be up there not getting laughs. So I was like, let me just be the one person that goes, ha ha. Yeah, like, you, know? you gotta help. You gotta you gotta throw it out there. I do that all the time too. Yeah, people need it, man. Yeah, we used to yeah. run shows there. Me and uh, Ben Kissel used to run a show there. We called uh, the Dog Shit Circus. That's fun. <laughs> and it was uh, once a month during the summer. We'd uh, we'd invite. We'd have a couple of the uh, sideshow acts. Uh, we had this uh, snake woman, Serpentina, and another one. Um, Angelica Insectivora. She no was, I was looking for names for my daughters, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. And she was great. She had this really long, like, uh, dreadlocks, and like half her face was just tattooed, and the other half wasn't. And she was still gorgeous. Oh, yeah. You know, just like one of those people. And, I- like, and she was a sword swallower, fire breather. And it was just like the coolest, like being involved with them and yeah. their personalities and like their like willingness to fucking put themselves out there. Yeah. It, it made the show crazy. And I would only hire like crazy comics. Like you would have been fine on the show. Amber came and did it a couple times. It was great. And I like the fact that freak shows are generally mostly women. Yeah. You don't really think you don't really think about that. But the men involved were like They run the thing. Well, there was one guy that did um nails to the face. That's yeah. usually man. Pinhead. Pinhead. That's usually a guy. And then the yeah, the, and usually the MCs are men and everybody else is a Apparently, woman. Apparently we all can be pinheads. Really? Like it's, you could just you could hammer a nail into your face, no we problem. We have like, cavities in our skulls, every one of us. And it's just a matter of you want of uh Explore that or not? Yeah, you know, which I am not well, someone I do who will. Have a show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a it's a fucking crazy, scary thing. I love the freak show in Coney Island, but it's also uh, you feel bad. You're supposed to call them sideshow acts, right? Yeah. You're supposed to you, you gotta work on you gotta. I, I'm really bad at working on my uh, my terms. You gotta work on my because t- it's so much fun to call someone a freak. Sure. Because it's a blast. But you're not supposed to. No. You gotta be polite. My favorite The Blacks. <laughs> shouldn't say that. <laughs> My right, favorite look at that midget freak. Sorry, that's a little person sideshow. Uh, that sounds even worse somehow. Yeah, doesn't it though? That's it the does. thing. Give him the full show, poor guy. <laughs> My favorite act in Coney Island was a thing called Shoot the Freak, and there was some crackhead. So much fun. So much fun. So some crackhead was between an alley, like in an alley, they and put like, like catcher's gear on him. Yeah, and like give him whatever, and then people would have paintball guns and usually light his dudes, ass up. Oh yeah, man, just try so to shoot much him. fun. Yeah, and he'd like sneak behind stuff, and he'd be like, "Woohoo, 
fuck you. And he like pocked his head back. And then, and then you got, he's like, oh, yeah. He's like, he's like, oh, you're fat. And then like run behind something. You're like, it was so much fun. That's so fun. That's great. PC culture shut it down. Yeah, they certainly did. It really, they really did shut the fuck down. I'm glad I got a little person across a bar anymore. What is the world coming to? Still legal in Florida. Still legal in Florida. Let's see what else. Oh, here's one. When you're walking around the streets, uh, I had a conversation about this with someone the other day. Uh, we had a, you know, working on this uh, historical roast show, you know, people are very sensitive because you're like making fun of everyone's heroes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we had uh, someone uh, who was offended by some of the material we sent in. And when you say someone, is this like an executive or something? No, an or? actor that we oh, had hired. Okay. And didn't want to do the show anymore because it was uh, we 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 had a couple insensitive jokes, but so but we actually went through and made sure that uh, it wasn't too insensitive, you know, to make sure that it was you know pretty pretty good to go and you know sentence structure was good. And we like really took our time with it, and there were like two jokes, but people are so paranoid that he thought that jokes that uh, were at other people's expense were directed at him like him saying making him look stupid it's like no actually that joke makes you look smart and then when i explained it to him he's like oh all right you know it was one of those situations and uh he was like you know it's just upsetting because you know sometimes that i'm in the street you know some people yell at you and stuff like that and i thought about that you know because it's intense you know people yelling at you in the street and not to say that I know I'm a white guy and my life is different than most people, but I get it too. You know, I get called fat in the street by fucking crazy people, you know, and like that happens, you know, but I don't let it fuck with my day. Yeah, well, fat people were never like put into cages, you know what I mean, for hundreds and hundreds of years and like used as a labor market to build America and then still impoverished. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that's true. Yeah. That is very true. But, but soon. Get- <laughs> but soon, soon we're, 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 we're getting like there. We're lazy workers. That's the problem. That's why it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I realized it's like, no, I'm like, but at the same time, you know, discrimination is on multiple levels. And I, and I also came to realize that in that moment, anyone who is saying those things to you themselves is inherently damaged yeah i mean do you think part of that is like that that person's an actor and not a comedian as well so like actors are very they're a lot more image conscious i think than we are like we'll be like oh i'll say that whatever like i'll push the boundary but some actors are like whoa i need to work Um, yeah exactly i'm not saying that he's wrong i actually learned a lot from the conversation and he's right but i will go another step further to say that whenever someone does some shit or says some shit to you in the street, whether it be racist or your body image or whatever, know that that person's fucked up because no normal person just yells at someone in the street for what they look like. Yeah. You know? And so like if someone, if I'm walking down the street and someone's calling me a fat ass, it's because they're fucked up and their life is horrible. Yeah. You know? And it's just like, not that I don't feel bad for them, but engaging is just not worth it. Do you yeah. know what I? You know what I've I, I've done since I, so because I've been on TV like a couple big things in the past couple of years that have Ooh. gotten me a lot. I, oh yeah, I'm not trying to think like that. Mm-hmm. But like after I did America's Got Talent, I got so many messages of just like you fucking asshole, you're a fucking piece of shit, you fat fuck, all, yeah. all these like everything under the sun. And how I started responding to them was I'd be like, hi, um, thank you so much for stopping by. I'm not really sure what's going on in your life, but clearly you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Just know that I'm only gonna to look at you with love and admiration and if you want to talk about it I'm here and and, and that usually then they block me usually (laughs) usually at that point because they did not get what they wanted Um, but I just find it's I found because I used to be like oh fuck this person I'm going to argue with them that's what they want yeah. Don't give it to them. No, that's Instead, the whole thing. Instead, comment them completely the other way, and then they literally don't know what to do. I posted one on my Facebook page uh, two days ago, and the guy actually messaged me after I posted it and just said, like, oh, I, I, you know, I'm sorry, I do speak out of turn a lot, and I kind of say what I think, and maybe I should think a little bit more before I just send out a message like that. Because I said, I was like, maybe instead of telling people, strangers on the internet, that you dislike them, maybe you should take that same energy and tell a friend how much you enjoy their company and how much they 
inspire you and how much you love them. And maybe then you'll stop doing trolling strangers. And he was just kind of like, it just, he made me kind of go, I'm sorry, man. Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. That's right. But you expected some kind of response. If you guys didn't see Alex on America's Got Talent, uh, he went in there swinging. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I gave you, the judges a taste of their own medicine. You know what? Good for you, man. I worked on that show for a day last year. And they're, you know, they give it all day, every day. They fucking belittle people and yep. take their dreams away yep and all you did was give them a little taste of their own medicine and i applaud you for it thank but you it, but it they did have the edit and they definitely made you look like a monster oh yeah. i mean honestly they toned down the edit like they made it they, it was more flattering to me than i expected because what actually happened in that room was the audience uh, turned against you big oh, time immediately immediately i've yeah if you've if you've never had three thousand people screaming at you i recommend it <laughs> i'm not scared of anything anymore uh, that is the lowest i will ever feel walking off a stage yeah and i kept i kept my composure and everything did you think it was gonna go well i don't know if i thought it was gonna go well i didn't think they were gonna hate me so viscerally and so yeah. aggressively like they made it known how much they they weren't just silent they were screaming well the audience is there because they adore those people they love them they adore, i didn't take yeah. that into account because i don't watch the show so i didn't think about how much they love those people what'd you call simon cowell uh, his were actually his were. Pre- I mean, he all was the only one that kind of liked you. Simon loved it. Simon, <laughs> Simon gave me a yes. He's great. I, I am the only. I found this out. I'm the only person in the show's 13 seasons that got a yes from Simon and a no from everyone else. Really? That's never happened before. <laughs> which is an, honestly a huge compliment. Uh, but no, I just said. Uh, I said, uh, didn't we form this country to get away from Brits like you? <laughs> um, was one of the lines, and then the other one. Uh, uh, the other one that they kept was um, thank you for fixing your British teeth. They're so straight and white. They were just offered positions in Trump's cabinet. Oh, yeah. that's great. Uh, yeah, thank you, Omid and Pat Barker. They actually wrote that joke. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah, great. All of my material was my own except for that joke because I kept trying to, I kept give, pitching them jokes for Simon. They're like, no, not that. No, that's too far. No, not that. And then they told me about that joke that Pat and I saw. So I hit up Pat and Omid. I was like, can I use this? Yeah, that's so, awesome, man. Yeah. That's amazing. Roast culture in L.A. is fucking on fire right now, and you're a major part of it. Yeah, Uh, accidentally. Like, I did not mean to be a part of any of this, and it just kind of fell into my lap. If you saw Roast Battle, he was the one dancing around with a tail, intimidating (laughs) his his competitors, a true competitor. You you went out there for the win, man, and I applaud you for it. Yeah, I mean, mean, if I'm going to do it, I just think... How often are you going to get to be on television and wear and say whatever you want? Yeah, you went full wrestling bad guy, and I really oh, yeah. appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I, I have a lot of fun things to wear, and I'm putting them on. Yeah, man, and you. <laughs> I love the way you, you you handle yourself, and I love your comedy, buddy. And yeah. I, I gl- I'm glad it's 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 a it's lovingly embraceive. Thank you. you know, well, and, I, you know, from two positive people to another, I mean, this is really great to be here and just like yeah. you know. Talk about what makes us tick. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping this this old poopy party up. Uh, how do people find you? Go check out his Instagram. He does this thing we were talking about a little bit before the show, where uh, Alex every once in a while will go cry in front of Margaritaville at City Walk, and it is uh, <laughs> it is hilarious and impressive that you just make yourself cry like that. Yeah, it's a, it's an exercise for sure. Just to, can I cry on command? How do right you do now? that? I just kind of like really I I start thinking about like people in is this uh, this is not gonna sound good I start thinking about people in my life dying and stuff like that like yeah. I think about like what's the moment gonna be like when I finally lose my parents or at something like that and I'm standing over like a fu- I'm at the funeral and like automatically I'll start to well up a little and then if I kind of just be like like the tears will just start flowing yeah no more ice cream you could think about that next time that is that more ice cream I I would die <laughs> my body would just explode but i'm very easy to find if you go to hoopercomedy.com or at hooper hair puff h-o-o-p-e-r-h-a-i-r-p-u-f-f yeah and yeah i'm super easy to find google me my stuff's all over the internet yeah absolutely get it get the pug calendar well i guess the year's we're over so, yeah we're sold out it's november we have no more pug calendars but we are going to be making pug yoga greeting cards for 2019 oh. so that's going to be my new merch that i saw on the road is pug yoga greeting cards that's beautiful 
wonderful men. All right. And Ahmed Larson, as always, Amber Nelson. And uh, taking us out today, if we can find it, is uh, Hitler Only Has One Ball. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I pray that you can find it. I'm sure we can. Someone's had to have covered this fucking song. Yeah. And also, please follow us on Instagram, The Brighter Side LPN. You're killing it. You're and killing also, it. Uh, thanks. And also on Twitter. Yes. Which I'm not on as much, but I'm going to try to put put more jokes on Which there. is The Brighter Side. The Brighter Side. At The Brighter Side. And yeah. you can also email us and say hi. Uh, that is uh, brightersidelpn at gmail.com. Uh, love y'all. Be good to yourselves. And be good to everyone else around you. And, uh, you know, get some fucking ice cream. <laughs> or not. <laughs> get the ice cream. No. Hit the Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a fast-paced world, every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.